Hi again. Welcome back to Dumber Every Day. We have hit episode four. Well, for y'all it's episode four. For me it's episode five. So there is a secret episode. I think I've mentioned that. Um, I uh, I just had posted on Snapchat like I'm going to be very sad if this is just like the hyperfixation of the week. And when this dies, like it becomes a chore to do because like right now I really enjoy doing this. I find it very, um, therapeutic and kind of a nice way to get my silly little thoughts out. And I find the last couple, like it's kind of hard to sit down with no topic in mind and just kind of dribble like I have been, but I always, especially the one from yesterday, I really, I really had no set topic. It was kind of, I was going to play that voice note about uh, April and (laughs) gross myself for being, letting myself get put in that position and letting myself get that low that I ended up feeling that way. And then I, honestly, I decided it was too much work to learn how to um, add a bunch of beeps into the voice note because I say her her real name a bunch of times and that's not, I don't ever want to reveal that. So... I decided it was way too much work to uh, learn how to do that. So that idea kind of got kiboshed. My, my laziness wins again. So we got a good 40-minute yarn about... I've listened to it a few times today because I'm obsessive and I have to review it never-endingly. So um, that one, I feel like that one wasn't bad. Uh, I don't know that I said anything important. I don't think I'll ever say anything important in any of these. It's just for me, and y'all are along for the ride. Sorry. Um, No, it's... I actually wasn't going to do one tonight. I was going to take a break and kind of brainstorm some topics and see what I could come up with. But then I uh, uh, came across a TikTok that was talking about... uh, As an... If you're someone who's has an anxious attachment style, dating someone with an avoidant attachment style, ways you can kind of uh, mitigate the obvious mess that that's going to make, just the way the two of you are. And that's very much how it was, I think, with April, um, because I was the anxious one and she was the avoidant one. Um, and yeah, it kind of just made for a mess. And this is probably something I should talk to the therapist about how to, uh, kind of some strategies for this. Cause that was initially why I had signed up for therapy is because I could see that I was having all this anxiety and, um, there was a lot of what I felt was uncertainty that was kind of, I was hyper fixating on and I just, I couldn't get my head, uh, out from like those thoughts and they would kind of just run rampant in my head. And then it just led to all these problems that led to the demise of the relationship. So, um, that was initially why I I had gone to therapy is like, I need some coping strategies here to deal with, um, the, Oh, geez, sorry, I'm trying to multitask here and failing spectacularly. Um, yeah, I need some coping strategies so that when I start having these anxious thoughts, like, 
um, there's a way to kind of re oh, these fucking headphones. I have to go get new ones. Um, so there's a way to kind of redirect those thoughts or redirect the thought patterns so that I'm not just trapped in this loop of anxiety. And to her credit, the therapist is really, um, without explicitly teaching me saying like, this is a coping strategy. Some of something must be working because I already, Oh my God. Can't get a sentence out. Oh, excuse me. I already um, find it easier to kind of wrestle these, those kinds of thoughts back into submission when I start having them. Like tonight with May, um, it's the same kind of thing. Like we don't need to go into detail, but same kind of deal as what would happen with April at the end there when she was ignoring me. Like, that would send me for a spiral where I would just, I couldn't get out of my head and I would just lay in bed and just kind of drive myself crazy, picturing scenarios and thinking about it. And that same exact situation here happening with May, I'm kind of just like, okay, well, now I see this as like blatantly disrespectful to me, honestly, um, especially since we've had the conversation of like, our expectations for communication during the day. So it's, it's very frustrating because as much as I, I, I do kind of have a little crush on her and like her. Um, it's really, I can see it's just shaping up that we're kind of not compatible. So it's really frustrating because I don't know if my type now is just girls who have an avoidant attachment style or if it's just me dating 125s, but, um, for fuck's sake, (sighs) this is an uncomfortable conversation I think we're going to have to have because again, it's not fair to me when you know what my expectations are and this is what you Uh, fuck, I'm gonna have to cut this out, but. Um, sorry. Like, it's really frustrating to, but I'm upfront about this and say, like, this is my expectation for communication. Like, like if you're just gonna disappear for hours at a time and, like, I understand you have a life, but can you keep me in the loop? Like, um, and maybe that's unrealistic these days. Maybe that's seen as controlling, like wanting, I don't need to know your every move, but if you're going to fall off the fucking face of the earth for hours, then it would be nice to know that that's going to happen. And I don't feel like that's unrealistic. Um, and I'm pro- I'm gonna say as much as that a lot less a lot nicer tonight I think but um I don't know I guess she'll respond positively positively to that or she won't um it's 
really too bad. It really is. But like I say in every single one of these, like dating is a fucking nightmare. I'm pretty sure uh, I told the Frenchman when I first started dating that this sucks, dude. And I think my exact words were, if your choices are ever divorce or suicide, fucking kill yourself because dating fucking blows. Um, And I don't know. But at the same time, it kind of has me wondering, like, as as much as I'm kind of dealing better with these kind of scenarios, like, obviously, it's still got a little bit of a hold on me because I am still anxious. And um, when this kind of stuff happens, so it's got me wondering, like, should I even really be dating or should I, this is totally unrelated, but my father has, um, since I've moved out, cause I was living with him before I moved here. He has this new habit of, he texts me at the end of the day, every day, just to see how my day went. Um, (laughs) Which, like, that's really nice. It's really sweet that he does that because he's worried about me. Because when I moved out, it was like fresh off of the breakup with April and I was kind of a fucking mess. And like, my dad is not a very emotional guy. So he's very much his father's son. So for him to ask me at one point, like, um, like, how you doing, buddy? Emotionally, I could, it was, it's physical torture for him to ask something like that. So it's kind of adorable that this is, this is how he, he checks on me is he just sends me funny. He asked me how my day was in like the most dad jokey way. <laughs> and like, I don't know. It's, <laughs> It's if you it's just so on brand for my dad to be worried about his children, but want to ask in the most nonchalant way possible. At least oh, for fuck's sake, ice cube. Um, this fucking one. I'm gonna have to go back and delete so many big gaps here because I'm texting like an asshole while I'm recording it. Uh, I am a fucking bad podcaster. Da, 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 da. Do, do, do. Here's a song for the audience because I am a bad podcaster. Checking my messages like an asshole. Um, anyway, so yes, I... I'm going to have to learn how to edit these, even though I said in the first one, I absolutely would not be doing that because there's so much dead air in this one. And there was a fat chunk in episode three. So real sorry for everybody who sat there thinking their fucking phone had broken, uh, or froze. Um, but anyway, stories about my funny father aside, it really has me kind of wondering like, because obviously, like I mentioned this in the first one, like I have this, this, um, inherent desire to just not be alone and to have companionship and to have, uh, 
somebody to text all day. And in a lot of ways, like January was so good for that because she was the same as me. She just wanted to be texting me all the time. And I wanted to be texting her all the time, even when it was bad. Like we were still talking throughout the day. And a lot of these girls start out that way where it seems like they're, they understand and are the kind of texture that I'm looking for. And then slowly we get to the point that May and I are at now where all of a sudden just big fucking gaps. And I don't know, I think she's just not that into me anymore and doesn't know how to tell me, which I think was a problem April had too. So, um, I'm just going to nip it in the bud here tonight. And I don't know, it sucks. It really does. But, uh, what do you do? But this is maybe something I should, this is definitely something I should ask the therapist is like, because when I told her like, I, hey, uh, after April, like, Hey, I'm back on the dating apps. She was like, are you like, you should maybe not do that. You should be focusing on yourself. And I was like, therapist, I can multitask. How dare you assume I can't? And, uh, shockingly the therapist was right. So listen to your therapist kids, because I didn't. And now I'm right back where April fucking left me. So, um, but yeah, I very clearly have this anxious attachment style that, um, I need to deal with and just kind of find healthier coping strategies with because it's just, it really like, it fucks up my whole life a little bit because like all of a sudden, like I don't want to do anything. I want to keep all my time free just in case like they're available. And then, so I don't want to watch shows or game or read or anything because like, Oh fuck. What if, well, the, like, what if, what if, right? And it makes for a lot of boring, stressful nights. Like, so there has to be some kind of balance here. Um, I haven't found it yet and I'll let you all know if I do, but, um, yeah, I, my sister and I talk about this quite a bit, especially since I started therapy and started dating again she's kind of pointed out to me that she's like, you know, it's not shocking that both of us uh, really struggle with relationships as much as we do because we never had a good example of a healthy relationship growing up and even carried into adulthood with our parents. Like um, my mom, there was a fairly uh, steady partner she had when we were growing up who was a father figure to me um but other than that like she it's been 30 years 25 years since the divorce she's still not over it and she has never stopped resenting my dad for the divorce and that he was has been successful in business and kind of made something of himself coming from nothing um and she spent a lot of our childhood trying to poison us against him and it worked to a degree on me until i i moved away from her and lived with my dad so my mom and i say this and my sister and i both say this my mom is just the 
just the ultimate uh, victim. She just will won't take any accountability for her actions and um, just lives with this victim mindset like that my father has wronged her and that the world wronged her and every bad thing that's happened to her she played no part in and like after a lifetime of this like it really it came to a head with my grandpa passing and it was really a shock to the entire family how much he was the linchpin to kind of her sanity because once he was gone it really just crumbled like a house of cards and she went off like a nuclear bomb and destroyed the family um and like i don't want to get too much into this my sister has better insight into it when i can get her on but um I found this out actually the other weekend. Um, my mom, after my grandpa died, said to my aunt's face, her biological sister, you wouldn't understand what it's like to have your dad die. And I'm going to let you take a second and process the insanity behind that statement. And I understand like, Grief makes people do just absolutely crazy things. But to say that to your own sister after your dad has died is insane to me. Uh, and I don't know how we got down here from no healthy relationships as children. But just to give you a little backstory on my poor my poor mother, as she would like to be referred to. Uh, and then my father, like his second wife... Um, I don't want to really ever get too much into that. She was a horrible person, and I really wish nothing but the worst for her. Um, the best way to sum it up, I think, is that when I was first meeting with a psychologist to try and get a diagnosis for ADHD, he asked me for just a little bit of history about myself, and I started telling him um, about my dad's second wife. And when I was done talking he was quiet for a second and then he said so what I'm hearing is that you were emotionally abused for 10 years <laughs> and I said if you want to put a fucking label on it that's probably what the kids would call it nowadays so I genuinely genuinely hope the worst for her um, so that was a long marriage that ended catastrophically for my fault my father and now he's on um to my current his current wife <gasps> so i'm a bit of a fucking mouth breather tonight apparently um yeah he's he is he's with his current wife who when i say stepsister and this that and the other i'm talking about this wife um, and it's fine. I, I don't want to, you know, dig into it too much and air out my family's dirty laundry, but like, suffice to say, it's not a perfect relationship like none are, but, um, so yeah, just kind of that, like it was a rotate, not a rotating, but like there was some questionable men my mom dated and then my dad, um, uh, dated an emotionally abusive, manipulative 
uh, Kant, basically, pardon my Australian, and his current wife, who's, who's, who's lovely. She's fine. Um, but again, not like a pinnacle of role models for my sister and I. So we kind of had to figure it out as we went. And I, I didn't always succeed. Obviously there was a relationship in high school that ended very poorly, uh, for both of us. Um, and it's kind of actually ironic to see where we are now, like 15 years later, longer than that. Good Lord. Um, but, and then uh, that was heroic way to go champion. I fucking smacked the mic. Um, sorry, headphone listeners. Um, yeah. And then obviously like January, like it was a good run, like nine and a half years, but it ended the way it ended because I never learned how to communicate. And she, there was a variety of reasons, but I never learned how to communicate. And then, uh, April, like I never learned, I have apparently abandonment issues and it's led to this anxious attachment style that I have that apparently is just going to poison every fucking relationship I'm ever going to be in for the rest of my life, which is just awesome. So, uh, another point to what I was saying last week that, uh, we should all be in fucking therapy and I should have been in therapy in my twenties instead of waiting till I was 34. So, uh, do as I say, not as I do get fucking therapy, but I don't know. I feel like I don't want to stop dating because obviously, um, like I like the challenge of trying to meet somebody new and see if you mesh and the beginning stages of talking. And if you make it to like the honeymoon phase, like I like all that. Um, but at the same time, like it's so demoralizing being on these apps as, as a, as a guy, honestly, it, and it's kind of insulting, actually, some of the algorithms these apps have of who they recommend for me. Because I'm like, are you not paying attention to how I swipe? Like, I very clearly have a type. Like, why Why are you showing me someone who's so very not in my wheelhouse? But maybe, I don't know, Tinder thinks opposites attract. Fuck knows. But, um I don't know. Dating is just awful. And I, I've done, this is the fourth one on a fucking row I've done about it. So and we're very cussy tonight. I made this drink a little stronger than usual. Um, but I should, uh, I should make a drinking game and start when I get to like 50 episodes or whatever, go back, start at the first one. And just do a count of how many times I say, um, but, um, anyway, that kind of shit, because I've never, like, we're working, that's another, I think I said this last week, you think I would know I listened to it fucking 10 times today, but that's another aspect of this is to work on my, my, um, there you go again, my verbal, my speaking skills, because I, I have that fun ADHD brain where mouth is a couple seconds ahead of brain. So what I think doesn't always come out of my mouth. So it's just something to practice, I guess. And it's easier to do staring at my iPad, watching a scrub bar come through and sitting in the chair and talking to a mic than it is going and having a conversation with a stranger. I think I would shit myself to death if, if somebody asked me to do that. And, you know, the therapist has asked me to do that more than once. She's like, why, why can't you go to a coffee shop or a bookstore and introduce yourself to someone you think is cute. And I'm 
I just say therapist, that is, that is literally the living death for me. I cannot think of a situation that would make me want to crawl out of my own skin and join the skeleton army with bones more than that. So can we maybe work up to that? <laughs> Let me stay on the dating apps for just a little bit more before you try and make my skeleton burst out of it, my fucking flesh vessel. But yeah, I never, I wasn't socialized properly as a child either. Like that's what I tell people when they, like I, I have like, I have one good friend, the Frenchman, that's really it. And not much of a social life just because I kind of enjoy my own company. It's one of those things where it's like, I wish I was out when I'm at home. And then when I'm out, I wish I was at home. Just that kind of stereotypical introvert, extrovert. I'm an omnivert sometimes it seems like, but so I, I was, fuck, this is, um, I'm so boring. I hope y'all are yawning along with me because I'm so fucking boring. But, um, ooh, one day I will stop knocking the mic when I do these, but yeah, I just, I joke that I wasn't socialized properly as a child and I didn't have any friends, but I had a library card because that's where I spent the majority of my time as a kid is in the fucking library. And people don't believe me. And I tell them, listen, when, when I was a kid, like when I got grounded, my dad wouldn't take the Xbox away. He wouldn't take TV away. He would take my library card away because he knew that was a bigger punishment than not being able to watch TV or play Xboxes. So do with that information what you will about me. Um, so like it all kind of comes back to my formative years and my parents and blah, blah, blah. Like obviously we all know that like our our parents do the most damage, I think. And I can sit here and say, you know, like April hurt me more than anyone ever has. But my mother and father have done more damage to me than any human being I will ever meet in my entire life, I think. And now I have to pay a boatload of money to work it through it in therapy. And it, it must be good because the therapist's eyes just light up when my mother comes up because she knows it's going to be a good time. Um, yeah, she knows <laughs> it's going to be a humdinger. Like, and I feel bad for her sometimes actually my poor therapist, because she, she'll ask me these things about my life and I have to like, look at her and go like, I don't know. Like, I don't remember. And it's making me realize like I have all these like big blanks in my memory from, from childhood and from high school when the girl I was dating, that kind of, I don't remember a lot of it. And like the five years after that until, uh, January and I got together, like a lot of that is just kind of a big fucking blur or blank. So I'm, I don't know if I'm repressing traumatic memories or I'm just so fucking boring. It wasn't worth remembering in the first place, but it's, it's definitely, I know it's frustrating for her. It's frustrating for me for her to ask me like questions and I have to be like, look, like I really honestly wish I had an answer to give you. I, I don't, I have nothing to add here because I can't remember or I don't remember. It's like it never happened. And half the time it's the, the stories I'm telling her and stuff like it's third hand information. So that I've heard from other people. 
So maybe I should get the sister in here and record one of these quick. Um, just so I can ask her all these questions the therapist asked me so I can report back and be like, okay, I got the inside scoop from the sister. Here's everything you wanted to know. Um, in, I don't know, my poor therapist having to deal with my shit, but I guess that's, that's why I pay her. So, um, it's, it's just funny to go on this little journey of self-improvement and self-discovery in kind of what I feel is like so late in life when like so many of my peers are are homeowners and, and married and have children and are on their second and third child. And I'm like, I don't know who I am. Like, I got to figure it out, I guess. Fuck. And I don't know. My mother always said, if there is a, there's, she always said, he'll always find the hardest possible way to learn anything. He will never take the easy road. And so far in my life, that has proven true. Um, kind of slowly but surely here. Who is Snapchatting me? Um, yeah, and I, I kind of wish I wasn't this way. Like, I wish, you know, like fucking Pinocchio or whatever. Like, I wish I was a real boy, but this is kind of the hand I got dealt in the, the fun mental illness and trauma I was dealt by my loving parents. So I just am a late bloomer as usual. We're just dealing with it late and I'm just trying to leave the least amount of damage in my wake as I figure it out. And I'm not succeeding very well because fucking already April and probably after tonight, May and um, few other honorable mentions before April, like January, um, yeah, just because I'm not self-aware enough sometimes and my father's favorite saying, sometimes I don't think of the consequences of my actions. So I get hurt, people get hurt and there's just this trail behind me of like, you didn't think that through, did you fella? <laughs> didn't you? So I don't know. I guess we'll see what we see with the therapist. She's, she says I'm making good progress, so that's something. And I feel like I am. Um, a long way to go, but... And I don't know. Like, the Frenchman is a man made of ego. There is a man who loves himself. In, like, the best way possible. He's just very confident. It's just who he is. Um, and I'm not. And I'm envious of that. To be so secure in yourself to be so sure of your place in the world like he just knows who he is and I know traits about myself like there's things about myself that I know that are not set in stone but they're very firm traits about me that would be difficult to change but as a whole like do I really know who I am And I don't know that I could honestly answer that yes, because so, well, the last 10 years I was pretending to be someone I was not to keep the peace with January, honestly. Um, yeah. And April was really the first one who kind of encouraged me to be like, 
who I am and kind of provide this is like without revealing too much about myself you're like this was really this was when it ended like obviously I miss all the normal things you miss when a when a relationship ends but April really gave me like a safe space to kind of be myself or who who I thought I was and kind of work stuff out and she never judged me and always made sure I felt like loved and knew she supported me. Um, and the loss of that was really, is really tough because it really made me realize what a healthy relationship is supposed to look like and how unhealthy my relationship with January was for a long time. So it was a good learning experience in that, like, I know what I don't want moving forward. And that's someone I have to be fake around. Like I need someone who will kind of just accept that I'm fucking weird sometimes. Sorry, man. Like I'm just kind of an odd duck a lot of the time. And it's not really a negative thing about myself, but it's just kind of the truth. I'm just not like the other ducks in the pond. I'm just kind of a weirdo. And it could be growing up in a library, it could not literally, but like I was raised by books and television. I'm a child in the 90s or never really learning how to make friends or getting bullied all through elementary and junior high school and even junior high and high school. Like, so my social skills are like way, way below where they should be, I think, for a man of my age. And like small talk is my nightmare. And that was a, that was a, that was a good thing about January is that in social situations, she was kind of my interference. And by the, after the first couple of years, most of my family knew like get in touch with January if you want a fast answer to a question because Rackham's not going to fucking answer. Um, so January is really good for that in that she would handle these conversations with like strangers and waitresses and waiters at restaurants and like that kind of stuff. She would deal with all that. And I just had to, she would (laughs) give me my cues and my lines basically. And I just had to repeat them. Um, so that probably didn't help in that I spent nine years kind of being protected from social stuff by her, but, um, And it's, it's not a necessary quality in a partner, obviously, but like, it was really nice to have her be the shield for me for that kind of stuff. So, um, it would be nice if I could find somebody who was a little more social than me and kind of, I could hide behind cause I'm a bit of a social coward, obviously. So And I can see the therapist is pushing me, like, get out there, put yourself out there, like, make yourself uncomfortable. And I have to be like, therapist, this, I, it will, I want to die thinking about doing this. Actually physically going and doing it might kill me. Um, and (laughs) she tried for the homework because I have homework every week, like a child, which I love. Um, she said, I want you to put yourself out there more at work and kind of try and take on a little more responsibility as a leader. And I had to tell her, like, okay, therapist, um, like, I, I couldn't put myself more out there at work. The personality that I, I have for work 
is about as out there as you can get. And like my son, the Riz Lord, uh, can attest to this. Uh, <clears throat> but it's more being confident in a leadership role, I think, is what she was trying to drive home because I'm so uncomfortable being the center of attention and being in that spotlight and like leadership is all of the, like we kind of talked about last week, like I was thr- I was put into a leadership position well before I was ready or had the necessary skills to do that job and shock horror, I fucking crashed and burned and to no one's surprise, but um, so it's kind of one of those things of like, I have no self-confidence. I have, I feel like I have no self-worth or value. So I'm obviously going to shy away from the limelight and attention and being a leadership, being a leader is about being in the spotlight and being front and center and taking accountability and making decisions and carrying the burdens. And I, that all kind of ties back to, I have no confidence. I have, I feel like I have no worth. I feel like I have no value obviously fuck sake to not be a dirty mouth breather for one fucking day this week but obviously that's not an area i'm going to succeed in because i'm lacking all of the necessary qualifications to be a good leader i'm not very empathetic i'm not confident i don't feel that i have value i don't feel that my opinions have value or i didn't and we're, we're starting to but um so I think she's trying to gently nudge me clo- into like more leadery kind of roles because she knows like, well, you have taken, and she told me this this week. She's like, you have taken on, you are a leader. Like you're, you're the second in command. So that is a fucking position of leadership dummy. Um, as much as you want to kick and scream and pretend that it's not, it is. And you're obviously the Frenchman relies on you very, very heavily or else he wouldn't trust you with all these things you tell me he has you doing. So you obviously are a natural born leader. You just don't have the secondary and tertiary emotional components to, to bolster it and to back it up. Um, So that's, I guess, what we're trying to work on here is she's trying to force me to step into more of a leadership role, which will, as I succeed, I think, build my confidence and build my sense of self-worth. So I'm on to you, therapist. I see your tricks, lady. I see what's happening here. I'm going to go to work tomorrow. I'm going to fuck something up so bad. (laughs) I wonder if my therapist would listen to the podcast. Wouldn't that be fucking funny? I have to, I get a report back every week. Like you did too many episodes this week. What did I tell you? Two a week. Five is too many. <laughs> Stop therapizing yourself. <laughs> um, we're silly tonight, aren't we? Senorita, aren't we? Aren't you? Um, I'm going to take a quick break for y'all. It'll be one second, but I will see you shortly. And we're back. Sorry. Daddy needed a cigarette and another drinky. I'm daddy, by the way. <clears throat> Not to, not to bite on we mean well, but fuck if that hasn't like entered my vocabulary so completely. Um, aren't you and don't you have as well? And it drives everyone at work crazy. Um, yeah, I guess I'm either getting more comfortable doing this or I just made these drinks too strong, but we're very loopy, goofy tonight. So, um, I don't really have much more to add. I have to 
And I'm like, fuck, this one's like 40 minutes long. I have to go listen to this whole thing now and make sure I didn't f- fuck anything up. Even though I know there's a bunch of dead air all over the fucking place on this one. So, um, thanks for listening. Um, I, <laughs> I'm a bit of a liar, I guess, because in the first episode I said I was going to put one out every Wednesday. And it's been like fucking daily this week. But, um, like I said earlier in the episode... This might be the hyperfixation of the week, and we'll get down to one a week, but for now, every day I come home and I want to turn the microphone on and just record something, so that's kind of what I've been doing. I guess I could start putting them in the bag and saving them for weekly releases, but that just kind of defeats the fun, and I hate listening to them in the Voice Notes app, so uh, thank you for listening. Uh, again, if if you're not someone who knows me and you somehow stumbled across the podcast, I'd love to hear how you did it. If you're listening in Spotify, I believe somewhere on the podcast page there should be at the bottom uh, the Q&A section where Spotify puts in, like, what did you think of the episode? If you could, if you don't know me and you're not one of the two people I have shared this with, please tell me how you stumbled across the podcast because I'm so curious how the internet works. Uh, Other than that, y'all have a great time and I will probably more than likely see you tomorrow. Haroo.